Hi, you guys want some cookies? Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. Dan Hans is here, joined as always by my bosom buddy, my main man in the garage, my closeted gay partner, Bob Castro. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Out of the closet, and you know the fact that you would just uh, defy my trust like that. I'm no longer your partner. Oh man, you just ruined, I blew it. You killed. Well, I, I'm the one who blew it, but you <laughs> ruined a good thing. Oh man! Um, <laughs> that's what? Way, that's not the way we want to start. Oh really? The show is it? Well, you know what? This is kind of a, a a different type of show. Last week, you may have heard uh, us make uh, several illusions, uh, foreboding illusions, uh, perhaps you could say, Bob. Oh yeah. No, I I feel like we were not very subtle. We were like we were a little subtle, but we also. As the alcohol flowed through our veins, <laughs> the ability to um, keep something in went away. Yeah, like a, I think it was either the day before we taped or about two days before. Hold on. Before you get into yes. this, we should just let the audience know. Last week, if you listened to the Third Eye Blind podcast, we teased a very drunk episode <laughs> yes. that we were going to be drinking and you wouldn't want to miss the second episode. Yeah. This is not that episode. Another one in the archives. We are locked away. <laughs> we are stone cold sober now, but there's a good reason for it. And Dan, please explain. Wait, are you saying I mean. that we're sober because this is a very special edition of the Throwback Podcast? No, because of the way that things oh, we're played just not out. Drunk. The way that things played out. Oh. We did record a second episode that night, but that episode is locked. Locked up. in the archive. In fact, and there's a good reason for it. There's a reason you guys will be happy. You'll you'll ultimately be happy for that. Well, reason. we'll let them decide. Ah, that's true. Um, we're by the way, we're getting to the point now where we might have more episodes locked away in our archive vault than we've actually put out to the masses. Not very efficient. We're not really doing this the right <laughs> no, way. We're not very good at this. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, um, two weeks ago, um, Headgum, um, who is slash was our platform provider. Our host our, our host, our our parent network. I don't know what's going on with the people at HeadGum, but what I can tell you is that they reached out to us via electronic mail. and uh, That's what the E stands for. Yes. Oh, yes. man. I thought it was like an entourage thing. And uh, said that they were going to be cutting back um, their podcast uh, group significantly, and we were amongst the cuts, so we essentially got fired off HeadGum. I like to think it was more like we got cut, like it was uh, like a baseball team. Yeah. Like we just didn't make the team. But anyway, HeadGum decided to move on without the throwback podcast. And uh, initially, the reaction on our part was, well, that's the end of the throwback that's it. podcast. We, we threw in the towel. We threw in the towel. Uh, but later in the week, I think we, we came around. And uh, personally speaking, I decided um, from where I was standing that, Headgum, quitting it on the old throwback podcast. That's not going to end the show. We're going to end the show when listener apathy l reaches its peak level <laughs> and nobody wants to hear us anymore. So we'll end the show when we fucking want to end the show. So let's keep it going. All right. Yeah, no, that was and the- Bob said, yeah, I agree. I did. I mean, look, we we had our goodbye. We, we basically threw a funeral for the throwback podcast <laughs> that night. In the we, archive. We got so damn drunk that night. We very bad episode. Uh, it had I its moments. It. You don't remember it. I barely. Well, we were texting afterwards like, hey, what was the song we put on the playlist? And neither of us remembered because by the end of the night, it was just a blur. But we were not. We like went off track. We weren't playing songs from the, <laughs> from the list. Like it was, well, just it's a, all it gone. was a mess. It was an hour and a half long. And really? It's, it's not all gone. Well, so there you go there. So the big news we were teasing was that the podcast was over. But as it turns out, we've decided that the podcast is not over. The throwback podcast will continue indefinitely. Indefinitely. So if you're a fan of the show, uh, first of all, go fuck yourself. Uh, second of all, we're going to continue. We and are going to continue. Excited. I was actually, you know, because we had given up. I had told my wife that it was over. She didn't have to worry about this facade that we were doing to hang out in the garage any longer. And then uh, <laughs> I woke up to a text one morning and you were like, I'm not happy allowing somebody else to decide when it's over. We got to, I'm down to keep it up if you are. And I said, yeah. 
Let's fucking do it. And, uh, and I was very. What did Heather have to say when you told her? She's uh, she's disappointed in us <laughs> that we can't take no for an answer. It's a very, it's a very sad state of affairs that's happening Excellent. right now. So what are we gonna do uh, in our first post headgum episode of the show? Cry. Cry. No, what we're gonna do is we're it's spring break time, Bob. So why not? Is that what we're doing? Is that what this is about? Spring break? It's March. I think, you know, it's 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 no, it's not spring break. Oh, I thought that's no, what that's coming the hook up. of the episode was. Oh, that's coming up later? It's coming up later if we stick around. <laughs> oh, so I think this is important for them to know. Nobody too. can cancel us anymore, Bob. I know, but I also think that we're on borrowed time. No one could absorb the lawsuit anymore either. That's, That's problem. the problem. So yeah. we're on borrowed time. So to all the listeners out there, the millions and millions of listeners, now's the time to spread the word. If you want us to stick around, now more than ever, we need you. I, w- I would say just don't bother. Just listen to the show and what enjoy you what you got, and then it will disappear. How are we going to keep this up if nobody cares? Well, it ends. Yeah, cares. Wait a minute. You just had this big impassioned Braveheart speech, and now you're like putting on chapstick as I'm talking to you, and you're giving up. No, I'm very excited to keep doing the show with you. Okay, Bob. okay. We're buddies. Uh, we get we get together in the garage to do the show together and have fun. So we're just going to keep doing it until we don't want to do it anymore, or we get thrown in jail by both, Lars Ulrich. Both the possibility. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we are going to look back at the top to- 10 songs on the alternative rock charts in March, the the week of March 1st, 1999. Whoa, we're going back to the late 90s, Bob. We haven't been here a lot. No, we try to avoid this period of time because the music was generally bad. But Generally speaking, you're right. But, you know, we're going to hit the charts, and uh, I think there's going to be some pretty amazing songs on there. I, Somehow. I, I, I caught a glimpse. I think there's going to be some good stuff to talk about and some good tunage, Bob. All right, I like that. <laughs> we're hip. We talk music called <laughs> we, tunage. We are not hip. By We're the just way, making enemies. Um, I want to say, Bob, that was also a, a a fruitful year in the film industry, wasn't it? Nineteen ninety nine. There were some good bad movies in ninety nine, as I recall. There were a lot of good movies uh, and some good bad movies, but there was no movie in the entire year of nineteen ninety nine that I was more excited about than this one. About that little wager of yours. Yes. Count me in. What are the terms? If I win, then that hot little car of yours is mine. And if I win? I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married. Be more specific. I'll fuck your brains out. Yes. You know what it is. Cruel Intentions, baby. Yep. Cruel Intentions, starring the one and only Sarah Michelle Galar. <laughs> and don't forget the great Ryan Philippi. Philippi. And a saucy Reese Witherspoon. And Silma Blor. <laughs> and Silma Blor. And Joshua Jackson. <laughs> uh, that's funny that that movie came up because we were just in our last episode. We were, we were told the story of uh, Mira Sorvino. Yes, and Mira Sorvino liked one of uh, our yeah, tweets. She liked no the Instagram. Instagram. So thank you to Eric for running our Instagram because we would have never connected with Mira Sorvino. I assume that Mira Sorvino is in every episode listener. That's how I read into. Oh that. yeah, probably. But the reality is that Mira Sorvino, because her handle wasn't attached. Must be doing searches of her own name and then just culling through the results, which I find fascinating. Do you think she listened to it to find out what, why the hell two people were posting about Tales of Erotica? I would say there's at least a 25% chance she did. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take yeah. that. But Cruel Intentions, I bring that up because Mira Servina was our obsession in 97, 98. Uh, and then Sarah Michelle Galar came along and she was... One of our all-time obsessions. Oh, and all-time all friendship sure. group. Yep. And uh, in nine, by the time uh, that movie came out in '99, we were in college. I had a Buffy the Vampire Slayer poster in my room. I had some very cool posters, Dan. I was a very cool dude. <laughs> that was when, well. You were listening to Maximum Tunage, and uh, 
you know, you're doing your thing. So I obviously had like the swingers poster because you had to. Had to have that. And I had a, you had your Adam Graves 53 goals. No, that was from uh, 51 goals. It was a typo <laughs> from high school. In college, I had a, an Austin Powers poster. Oh, boy. Did you really? I did. Yeah. Well, you know what? That one I'll give you a pass on because the first movie definitely was had the cult audience. Yep. Uh, but in retrospect, it would seem like you were just a huge tool bag. Right. But also, also not completely. <laughs> but in this case, it made sense because it was only after the sequels. Right. Came around that it became kind of hacky. Yep. And uh, an Everclear poster we had in our hallway. So very cool dudes. I mean, you guys are just top of the world. <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> but we went to see Cruel Intentions. I think it was the second weekend I was able to convince all my friends to go with me. Yeah. And we went to the movie theater in Towson. And we got there, and it was sold out. And I remember crumpling to the ground in the movie theater, <laughs> and I refused to get up because I was so upset. So we ended up just getting tickets for another movie, and I sat there miserable, and I hated it, and I didn't laugh once, and that movie was Office Space. Wow. I was so angry. One of the great comedies of the 90s. Oh, of course. I went on to love it, but I was so angry that night that, oh, I, I, get it. that I didn't get to see Sarah Michelle Gellar say, you can put it anywhere, <laughs> that I just- I Galar. was. Miserable, thank you. Didn't we all see it together, though? Eventually? I think ultimately we did. We saw it, and our friend Christine was with us, and Christine lamented that during the whole movie, whenever Sarah Michelle Gellar would say something <laughs> even remotely sexual or something that turned us on, which was pretty much anything, anything. we would just groan. Yeah, that sounds right. We, total we, monsters. We haven't stopped that. We still do that, things like that pretty regularly. Um, wow. All right, so we're in 99. We're, here we are. 1999. Let's listen to what it sounds like. This is what 1999 sounded like. Got a body like me, but I gotta think twice before I give my heart away. And I know all the games you play, cause I play them too. Oh, but I need some time off from that emotion. Time to pick my heart up off the floor. I'm liking this. As long as he doesn't start screaming, this is a great cover. It's a bad news, bud. What's up? Yeah, got All right, so we're going to do the top ten, but as we are wont to do, we have the full th- top 40 list from Billboard. And uh, coming in at number 28 and rising was Faith by Limp Bizkit. Their first hit was a George Michael cover. And uh, a lot of bad stuff happened in the years to follow. <laughs> yeah, it was. We, we, op- we cracked the door open because we thought, oh, that's a fun little uh, cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty harmless. But we just left the door open, and then they burst through with shit for the next like four yeah, like, years. It opened up Pandora's box, and then Fred Durst fucked Pandora's box. He fucked it bad. Like fucked it really poorly. For I think, about three I think or four non-consensually years. too. <laughs> but it was it was the late '90s, and that's kind of what he was advocating yeah. in his music anyway. So it kind of all made sense. At the very least, it was like not okay. What right. Fred did. Right. Um, Fred, who, who I who I passed by at Runyon Canyon recently. How's he looking? Looks okay. Yeah, oh. old. Definitely old. Well, we're old too. Yeah, that's true. Um, my favorite Limp Biscuit memory, I would save it for when the song that uh, the story revolves around actually comes up on the show, but you never know if that's going to happen, so I'll share it now. Uh, we had, it was one of our trips as a group to uh, either Wildwood, New Jersey, or it could have been Ocean City or Myrtle Beach. Ocean yep. City. I, don't I think, think it was we Ocean had... City. We went to Ocean City, yes. Maryland in 1999, so that checks out uh, around this time. And I happened to watch a exchange between what looked like two high school kids, like a high school boy and a high school girl. Mm-hmm. It was probably two, like, 16-year-olds. And the, the, the two people, the two kids were fighting. They were they were mad at each other. And then the the boy said something to her, and she, like, said fuck you and he walked away with his friends and they were cackling and then she was walking away with her friends and they were like bad mouthing the boy and then he turns around and goes 
I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> and then oh, all no. of his buddies are slapping him on the back and stuff. That's what Limp Bizkit did to America. That was the world we were living in <laughs> up until 9-11. That was it. Pretty crazy. Uh, coming in at number 27, uh, one spot ahead of the great Fred Durst. His name was Fred Durst, by I the know. way. I know. I still think about um, that blog, whatevs.org. Oh, yeah. How he just called, like, Durst just meant worst. Like, when something sucked, he would just go, <laughs> that's so Durst. And I still can't not think of that now. It makes sense. Yes. Yes. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's very important for people to understand if you were our age, or if you were, you know, like 14 or so when uh, Smash came out by Offspring, yeah, in 1994, and they were very, they were definitely a, <clears throat> they had, you know, melodic, they kind of were poppy, but they were definitely kind of like a post-punk like rock band, mm-hmm. and they had a little edge to them. Yeah. And then this song comes out five years later. And I remember at the time being a little confused by it. But then it was like it set up everything that came after for Offspring when things got really weird. Yeah. This was a mega hit because it's so 19. It's so late 90s. It's like very corny. Extremely. He's kind of rapping. And it's like there's a lot of bad shit happening all within this one song. But in 1999, I loved it. I was, I was Did in, you? in like a sort of this is funny way. But like I liked it. Yeah. I remember sitting at my computer desk in front of my big old Dell <laughs> big computer, old Dell. staring up at my Austin Powers poster and listening to Pretty Fly for a White Guy and being like, Dude-ish. "I'm cool." Like, <laughs> it was cool. Like there was something fun about it and weird. But it was, uh, it was a popular song. All right, let me listen to the chorus again. Now he's getting a tattoo, yeah, he's getting oh, no. Okay, we got it. I do like uh, the Give It To Me Baby Girls. Yeah, I wonder the how they're doing. The video was about like a white kid who was trying to be black, I think, was yeah. the whole angle of it. And uh, But there was the hot girls doing the Give It To Me Baby. Yeah. Um, so there uh, you go. By the way, that was a huge hit. That song and Faith were both huge TRL hits, yes. as I recall. And Dexter Holland, I don't know if you know this, he's like the most interesting man in the world. That sounds like a lie. He's a fucking genius, hmm. like a literal genius, like an like got into MIT kind of genius. Like for many, really? like has written like molecular biology papers. And Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Like, that is fascinating. I, I, I'm getting the details wrong. Just go to Wikipedia. He is a legitimate... You're known to do that on the show, Bob. That's not cool, Hazy man. memories of things that you learned being presented as fact. Go look it up. He's a genius. <laughs> Unlike you, I don't stare at my laptop while we're doing this. I am engaging <laughs> with the audience. I like... Uh... No, now, now I have to pull up his Wikipedia. Well, now you're nervous, aren't you? No, because I know I it's true. I hope I have this right, he's thinking. No, himself. I told you I don't have it right exactly, but he is a genius... He was studying something that only geniuses study. I'm looking it up. Actually, no, he just has a college degree from Stony Anta. That is not true at all. <laughs> but I would be okay with that, too. Only a genius can graduate from Stony Anta. <laughs> oh, here we go. You know what this one is, Bob. Of course I do. One of the great songs of the 90s. Maybe my favorite like pop song of the 1990s. That's high praise, Bob. Yeah. And it came in number 21 on the countdown, March 1st, 1999, The New Radicals. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 
This one, this song, I crossed all barriers. It yeah, was, hold on. I really want to get into this song, yeah. and I really want to be invested in it. Yeah. But first, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> he went to the University of Southern California, Dexter Holland, where he earned a BS degree in biology and an MS in molecular biology, and commenced a PhD in molecular biology. He was also a student at the Laboratory of Viral Oncology at the Keck School of Medicine. Guy's a fucking genius. He's published papers, <laughs> including uh, a paper called PLOS One regarding microRNA in HIV genomes. Motherfucker, Dexter Holland is a genius, and he has his own hot sauce. I've never seen you so full of life as you are right now, man. Because <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> All right, there you go, Dexter Holland. Smart. Right. Dexter Holland is smart, and this is a great song. Incredible song. Uh, and uh, yeah, like Scott and Todd love the song. Everybody loved this song. And uh, everybody loved this song. Rock. Everybody loved this song except for our friend Brian, because at the very end where he oh, says, he "I'll, like I'll kick your asses," he did and not. you know what? I kind of it, it, as time passed, that kind of uh, it kind of like put the song in a, in its era in a bad way. Yeah, I would say if they had a chance to do it again, and by they I mean he, he was that one dude. Yeah. Who never put out another album either, did he? By choice, he was just like done, and he's a producer, I think. I think he was a producer, and then he went back to producing. Yeah. So you get what you give. Great song. Great song. Great song. What's not to like about that song, though? Except for that part about kicking asses in Maryland. Well, kick your ass in. Yeah. Yeah, that was stupid. Great was video, like, just running around a mall. Like, Beck was taking shots? Like, how, why was Beck taking fire in that? Everybody was, man. Beck and Hanson, Courtney Lovin, Marilyn Manson. You're all fakes run to your mansions. Yeah, calm down. You're all fakes. Whose side are you on, man? I am not on his side on that case. Okay. And Hanson, that's a good band. That's true. We will do our Hanson pod eventually. Maybe that's why HeadGum doesn't want to be friends with us anymore. Absorb this, HeadGum. I want to wake up where you so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah, bam! This is one of my uh, my uh, secret. What is it called? Secret guilty pleasures. Guilty. I was gonna say my secret pleasures. My that secret was, desires. That no, like that sounds gross. Guilty pleasures uh, of alternative music, pop music. I don't think uh, I, anybody that says they don't think they can't see the goodness in Slide by Goo Goo Dolls. It's a real POS. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're letting the whole Goo Goo Dolls of it all get in the way of the fact that this is a fun pop song. This is like, if you like the Gin Blossoms. Right. You know, like, this is that great kind of like just pure pop alternative rock music. I, I, I'm all the way in on Slide. The Goo Goo Dolls played uh, Homecoming at Towson, I think probably this year. This, this year. That this song came out. This year in 1999, oh, I'm say, there. They I'm in 1999. Yeah, Towson's all the struggling. kids would be like, "What the fuck is Who going on? Who are you guys? <laughs> Whose dad is that?" Um, but I'll, that's John Resnick. Show some respect. I will never. That's John, Johnny, John Resnick Jeff. Senior. Uh, Wait, I love this part, bud. Okay. Feeling, what you are and what you are I love that part. So good. I fucking love the song. Being at the Goo Goo Dolls concert for Homecoming, and there were, uh, you know, tickets were available to people that just live in Maryland. So there were a bunch of non-students there. And I was standing next to, like, these two guys. And when um, Iris came, like, they were rocking out the whole show. Like, they were, like, grade A Goo Goo Doll fans. Right. And when Iris came on uh, during the, I don't want the world to see oh, me. Oh, yeah. That's they were huge. just looking at each other and singing into each other's faces so intense and, like, pointing. Like, I don't think the world would understand. And I was like, wow. They'd be fucking you? No, they were just big fans of the the boy named Goo. I they love, love these guys. Uh, the boy named Goo. That was actually, do you remember the name of the album this song was on? Dizzy Up the Girl. Very yes. nice, Oof. Bob. Very Pulled nice. it out. I did not think I had it in me. So yes. I'm no Dexter Holland when it comes to knowledge. <laughs> so. He's really great with the Geno gnomes, the Geno Smith gnomes. <laughs> uh, that was Bob. number 17 in March 1999. Bob, one more outside the top 10. How could we ever not hit on him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's classy. 
Give me some of that classy horn. <laughs> Here it comes right up. A little classy horn. Yeah. A little easy, listen. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Should we listen to our friend Dave? We have to. Okay, let's listen to our friend Dave. Yep. But crazy, right? How it feels tonight. Crazy, how you make it all alright. Number 12, March 1st, 1999. Crush, Dave Matthews Band, off the album Before These Crowded Streets. This is this awesome chorus. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> Anything to All right, let's update. Not uh, quite the chorus. Not quite the yeah, chorus. Yeah, not quite there yet. Hold on. Yeah. Rather than update this, I would like to play for you yeah. a moment from our series finale that we recorded a couple weeks ago when we thought we were done. Wow. Uh, I went through it, and we had a big revelation towards the end of the episode. Yeah, that's news to me. Yeah, so if you could just uh, fade out of this and hand me okay. the hand me the thing. All right, I don't know if we've given Crush the, the due respect, but we're it about sounds to. like you're onto something hot. So I like. We're this. about to. So I'm supportive of this. Whatever at is the happening. one hour and two minute mark of this <laughs> podcast, this comes by the way after Dan left the garage to go to the bathroom and came back with a slice of pizza. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> so about right. Things were really falling off the rails. And uh, we were getting into the top five songs or whatever, and this song came on. <laughs> Listen up, baby. All right, I'm in. Davey's got something to say. What's he saying? Davey B. Where are you going <laughs> with your long face pulling down? What? What you say? Hide away like an ocean. You can't see, but you can smell and the sound. Any memory of this, Dan? Not at all. You love it. You fucking, this is it. You fucking love Dave Matthews. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sick and tired of you pretending you don't fucking love Dave Matthews. I never said I didn't. Well, I don't love him, but I forgot about this one. Because, all right, let's go through the songs of Dave Matthews. I'm like, I, I, it's my chin. Doesn't sound like that. I yeah. like crashing to me. You love that one. Yeah. I like. Uh, shut the light. Shut the light in my mind. I like. You uh, like, uh, hack up your skirt a little more. Hack up your skirt and show, show your me your butthole. Butthole. I like uh, 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 every day. Grave By the way, do you disagree with anything that I'm saying right now? I don't like satellite. <laughs> fucking fraud. Uh, yeah, grave digger. Can you see my grave? And then I like, where are you going now? And you're like, uh, crazy. Crazy. I feel like that's about seven songs. So, yes, <laughs> I'm a Dave Matthews band fan. Shit. That was established on the show. And so are you, Bob. Fuck. Because you take out satellite and you liked all those songs, too. So there you go. Hey, that all checks out. <laughs> uh, I I was just about to do that. I don't remember saying that, but I was just about to go through all the songs just like that. And uh, well, we did it. All we, great songs. We did it on our deleted episode. Another one for the vault. <laughs> all right, which takes us to there. I wonder how many actual Dave Matthews band fans listen to our podcast. And how they feel about the fact that Dave does come up almost on a weekly basis now. <laughs> well, I think they're 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 probably excited because every week we we kind of open our hearts a little more to him, a little bit more. And eventually, we're just going to be like big Dave fans. It's going to happen. Eventually. I already am. Yeah, you're you're willing you're willing to be one now. I'm, I'm still, already there. Um, I'm getting closer because it just he just taps into a part in your heart that. <laughs> Are you going to say Dave or are you always going to say Dave Matthews? I'm going to say Dave. I share. I, did I share the story about the girl dated in Hoboken that had the license plate DMB rocks and it just looked like <laughs> dumb as rocks? Was her license plate? <laughs> that was the best. DMB she rocks. She's a sweet girl, but. Uh, no, she's dumb as rocks, bro. She probably should have rethought that. <laughs> 
All and, right. So I'm sorry we stepped on the, the your latest favorite Dave song. So many good ones. So many good ones. We're having some technical difficulties here. Hang okay. On. All right. Dan's microphone is down, which leaves me to vamp. All right. Well, then vamp up. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I think I'm not th- going to save you. In the deleted app, I had a very, uh, a very sincere vamp that you'll never hear. Because you were gone uh, urinating and making pizza. <laughs> so I was here alone in the garage while Our Lady Peace played in the background. Just, uh, you know, thanking people for listening. And it was a very, it was very emotional. But you missed it. And no one will ever hear it. Maybe this is a good edit point. Maybe I will just put this on. <laughs> All right, let's move now into the top 10. Oh, a bubby favorite. A little cake. Never there. Let's listen. You tell me that you love me so. You tell me that you care. But when I need you, baby, baby, you're never there. Love it. Love it. Never gets old. Yeah, they have a very uh, a unique sound, especially within their era. And they were great singles band. All their singles were always good. Yeah. I would love to see them now. because I've. Are they still together? I don't know. I think if they are, you know what you're getting. And like this, the kind of singing he's doing, I, I'm sure his voice still sounds great. Or still sounds like this, whether you think it's great or not. Does he, even, does he really sing? Not really. A little bit. Kind of is the, the, the talk singing. Yeah. Rock and Roll Lifestyle is one of my favorite cake songs. It was the first ever single where it's just talking. And I don't think I knew a lot of music like that at the time. And I was just immediately intrigued by it. You're not familiar with the back catalog of one Sean Mullins? <laughs> Did you know that cake was massively influenced by Sean By Mullins? early Mullins? Lullaby. By early S. Mullins? Yeah. I don't know yeah, if that's... Yeah, pre-Lullaby Mullins. <laughs> I don't know if that's re- if that's true, but uh, I'm okay with that. I feel like it's pretty true potential. It's probably true. Uh, so there you go. There's never there. Love that song. Good band, Cake. Did their thing. Marched to the beat of their own drum album. Okay. You can respect that, right? A I do respect that. that. You know, yeah. They I made th- their own lane. I think we were talking recently about like future islands and. Uh, I said how they were kind of like the cake of the 2010s because all their songs kind of sound the same, but they've got like a good sound going on. Yes, I agree. Good connection, Bob. And speaking of bands that paved their own way and found their own lane. Okay. You know who it is, bitch. It's Eve Six. (laughs) I did not know. I've never heard this song before. Me either. Maybe the chorus might bring up a memory. Because this was before the era where you can completely eliminate popular music from your life. So. Uh. Swings a bell. Yeah. Would you be surprised, Bob, if I told you that I saw Eve Six in concert in the last seven years? <laughs> yes, I would be. I was, um, <clears throat> I went on a trip. It was like a post-honeymoon weekend trip to Vegas. And they were playing at the airport? With my beautiful, yeah, they were busking with my beautiful wife. And uh, at the hotel we were staying at, there was a, at the lobby, there was a sign at the check-in. It was like, ask us about the All-American Rejects concert. I like so the Rejects. You had to ask. Kind of a Rejects guy. Yeah, you I did love, like that. Uh, yeah. Swing Swing? Swing Swing is one of my favorite like songs of that like, mid-2000s <laughs> yeah. era. 
They had a couple of good songs in the 09 era. Anyway, I asked about the All-American Rejects concert. And apparently they were in like a desperate <clears throat> bid to try to unload these tickets for this show in which Eve Six was the opening act. Right. And my wife and I were able to uh, go to the concert free of charge. Wow. And they played like... It was like one of those things where it was at where the pool was at this hotel. I can't remember the hotel. And uh, it was the Mirage, maybe. And uh, I remember we were playing blackjack in the casino. And I was like, oh, boy, I don't know if uh, Eve 6 might have started already. And there's only re- one reason to see Eve 6. There's one song. Because you want to say, and I follow your ear and I follow you out. That's, how that <laughs> That's more or less. L- long story short, as we exit the double doors to get to the pool area, they're like in the final chords of that song. It was like, ah. Oh. This well, is my only chance to hear Inside Out by Eve Six. It's amazing that they had that sign at the lobby because you generally ask hotels about the All-American Rejects when you check in. So it's great that it the finally worked playing? out. <laughs> it's glad it all worked out for you finally. Uh, how, how were they? Was the lead singer from uh, the movie Easy A, was he attractive in <laughs> oh, person? That's right. Uh, yeah, he had, he had a certain uh, appeal to him, I would okay. say. Like, probably gets laid. Wait, was it Easy A or the House Bunny? He was in one of those. Things. House Bunny, I think it was. Yeah, actually, I think it was House yeah. Bunny. Uh, what's well, it was number nine, Leech by Eve Six. Yeah, because Eve Six had. I want to follow you in if you follow me out, and then they had the ballad that was a big hit. They did. I don't yeah, they remember. had a ballad, but I don't remember it. Oh no! More. A little problematic, given the time. <laughs> Do you have to have like a PhD in genomes to rip off the worst Beatles song? Because that's guess, what this is. I mean, he was this is shameless. He was clearly putting his uh, his mind power towards something else when he was writing the song. Yeah, for all of his infinite knowledge, he did not see the uh, Me Too movement coming a decade and a half later. And uh, yeah, definitely not an easy listen for many reasons. I wonder if. Uh, the Beatles get a songwriting credit. This is Obladi Oblada, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's overt. I'm sure it is. Uh, Bob, get ready to vamp because I'm going to wiki search a song and see if they did. Okay. Uh, oh, I know what I'm going to vamp about. Dan, just for for you people at home that like sort of picturing what it's going to what it looks like in the garage on a on a night like tonight when we're when we're sitting around podcasting. Uh, let me describe. Dan looks like a. Uh, if you guys have seen the show Crashing, Dan looks like Artie Lang now tonight. He's <laughs> just really just on hard times, and I know he's he's fighting a cold. He's heroically fighting a cold, so it's really beneath me to take shots at his physical appearance at a time like this. But at the same time, he made me vamp, so had to do what I had. To so do. now your vamping is just taking pot shots, yes. unearned pot shots. Are your co-host. I think that's a good way that I'm going to tackle vamping from now on. Okay. Well, nice work, Bob. Um, it looks like they just stole the melody and did not credit the Beatles. You know, Dexter Holland, genius. He probably figured out the perfect way to steal the melody without getting sued because he's a genius. Do you think that <clears throat> Dexter Holland and Rivers Cuomo, like, get together and, like, stick their heads up their own asses and talk about, like, the science of writing a great pop song? I bet they have. <laughs> I know you're you're fucking around there, but I bet they have at some point talked about that. That's a terrible song. That's when, like, all the red flags are flapping around dur- uh, during the uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And then that came out, and it was like, what the fuck happened to these guys? Because <laughs> they had some really good songs. They had a really nice run from, like, 94 through, like, 98. Yeah. yeah. And then this album dropped, and it got weird. My voice is going, Bob. I know. You might have to finish this show. It's getting sexier as time goes on. Speaking of sexy. (laughs) 
<laughs> the sexiest man in rock. Yeah. Len Kravitz. Big Len. The big old Lenny. Lenny Kravitz is kind of a funny person. It never even dawned on me how funny of a name Lenny is for Lenny Kravitz. Like, that's not a rock name, Lenny. Let's listen to it. Neither is Kravitz. I wish that I could fly into the sky so very high Just like a dragonfly famous song it's almost like he he was like this early 90s relic and then he wrote a song that was so undeniably catchy yeah that like radio had no choice but to put him we had to let him back in but he didn't fit in anywhere no he had no connection to what was popular at the time it's like he wrote a car commercial that turned into a song and then we just couldn't say no to it Lenny Kravitz, man. He's a tough one to figure out. <laughs> Just a strange career. What's your deal, Lenny? Like, do you think you like four Lenny Kravitz songs? Yeah. Do you like one Lenny Kravitz song? Like, I have no idea how you feel I mean, feel how about can you not like Are You Gonna Go My Way? Yeah, that was a great song. I like the slow one from that album. Yeah, there were a couple of good songs off that album, or at least early on in the Lenny Kravitz days. I like Fly Away. I mean, it's a little cheesy. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I can't. I can't form an opinion on and it. And who could argue with the uh, American Woman cover on your great Austin Powers three? You had the Austin Powers three. No, that's slander. Uh, poster. That's slander. It was not three. <laughs> you just said I looked like Artie Lang, who's basically dying right now. <laughs> so are you? It sounds like you're dying. So it all fits. Lenny Kravitz, man. Lenny. Can't figure it out, buddy. It's weird. Lemmy, rock and roll name. Lenny, not a rock and roll name. Well, his mom, his mom was the actress from Good Times, right? Yes. And who was his dad? A Jewish man. <laughs> a Jewish man. That was a weird name, but that was, that's, what, that's what he was known as. <laughs> oh, Jewish Manowitz was actually his name. <clears throat> I can make that joke. You can't. I, I, feel, I feel terrible that I can't make that joke. It was a good one. Just such a killer joke. It was a killer joke. <laughs> All right. So there's Lenny Kravitz. And that is number All right, Bob, number six. You ready for this? I'm worried about your ability to make it to the end of the show. Considering you're already lying and dying in front of me. Give me some soul. Collectively. Oh, really? <laughs> this is the sound of a band trying to modernize its sound. Yeah, I love it. Like the song was on the soundtrack of every Katie Holmes vehicle in the nineties. <laughs> All three of them. It's the one where she killed the teacher. Yeah, killing Mrs. Tingle. And then the one where she took out the titties for Greg Kinnear. Is the same movie, The Gift. The Gift. Yeah. No one ever saw The Gift. No one. Ever, all people have ever seen is that six-second loop that was po- that popped up on the internet in 1999. And then I think she showed up in a slasher film, right? Did she? I thought she did. Maybe she did. I can't remember. It's a good song. Yeah. You know what? Collective Soul. Just going to say it. They're pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I have nothing against Collective Soul. In fact, I really like like four of their songs. At least. I did famously own Hints, Allegations, and Things Left Unsaid. Famously. Famously. <laughs> I, um, I have a great... You have to be of a certain age to know this fun fact. And even beyond that, I might be the only person that knows this fun fact. Did you know that Collective Soul opened the compilation CD 
that came with the first ever edition of Maxim. Wow. I remember the CD. I did not know they were the opener. It opened with Precious Declaration. Wow. And I believe track two, Bob. There is nothing more <laughs> useless in your brain than that. I believe track two was Angels of the Silences. That sounds Kelly right. Prince. Yes. That I do remember. Wow. I've not <clears throat> thought about that since. Do you have this CD? I have it somewhere. Really? But my parents in my parents' basement somewhere. That's crazy. It's a pretty good CD, as I recall. I hey. mean, it starts off with two bangers. Great magazine, great CD. Maxim did it. Is Maxim still around? I don't know if they're still printing magazines. I think the website's still up. We did begin this um, podcast by letting people know what was the, who was on the cover of Maxim. Yeah, we thought that, that was funny. Really take hold. We thought that was funny, and then I think the only feedback we ever got was like one person was like, "You guys are douchebags for." talking about maxim and we're like no we're kind of doing it ironically yeah as like a marker for of time but that guy can go fuck himself that guy can go fuck himself but it was almost like a better idea in theory yeah yeah than an actual uh presentation yes all right as as most of this podcast is <laughs> have you ever heard of this song or artist it sounds familiar is it um let's listen to it This is very 1999. What do you got, Bob? Just think like the writers of American Pie 2 were sitting around listening to this on repeat as they were putting together their opus. They were just like, yeah, this is this is what the movie needs to feel like. Is this <laughs> song right here. This is Freak of the Week by The Marvelous Three. Oh yeah. I definitely had this on my like Winamp in college. Up, oh, Dan is uh, he's leaving. There must be something about the Marvelous Three that has driven Dan to put down his microphone, get up and walk away. Oh, I think he's just getting water. He just needs to hydrate. Things gonna be okay, guys. Now you're just doing play-by-play that was, of things that are happening in the room. That was a close call. That's not bad thing. Close call, guys. <laughs> All right, so that was a freak of the week. <laughs> a real. Bob, I would call that a setback in your vamping. I thought you were off to go score heroin. (laughs) That's what I was really nervous about. Um, That song did very little for me. Speaking of artists that have done very little for me, historically, we have our first, Bob, might be our second, Creed sighting. (laughs) Yeah, not the first. A general rule when a band wants to make something... uh, an important song, they call it One, and this is One by Creed. Mm. Remember this one? Not really. I mean, I think I will. One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That affectation to his voice is just ridiculous. Yeah, like maybe if somebody else was singing, this wouldn't be a terrible song. Yeah, it's just but a it's, bad it's just vocal. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, our friend Mark, who was my college roommate in Boston, around early two thousands, he would pound the table on Creed's behalf, right? And say that they got a bad rap, and that they were an important band, a band that. <laughs> deserved more credit he has since come around on that take and is no longer delivering that hot take yeah that's probably a good move i think i would have at least appreciated creed more if i would have known what was coming next because this is bad but what was on the horizon was worse than this yeah and like i put a lot of energy arms wide open was not just with not just with creed i'm just talking music in general like the amount of effort i put into hating creed if I would have known, I would have to store up some of that energy to hate Limp Biscuit and Corn and Puddle of Mud and like all the shit that came next, I probably would have given Creed a little more of a pass because this is bad, but it's not as bad 
as what's to come. Yeah, well, in retrospect, Creed was like way more palatable than those yeah. bands. Yeah. But then there's like, they were lumped together, and rightfully so. Like, for instance, the uh, story of Scott Stapp and Fred Durst getting dueling blowjobs backstage at like. I was drunk, okay? I didn't mean to blow both of them. <laughs> I mean, they were looped together. They were grouped together, right? But their music was very different. Yes, very different. Terrible like, in two different ways. I do like my sacrifice. <laughs> All right, Bob, we're getting down the home stretch, which is good because I got nothing left in my voice now. Man, this is just watching your friend die in front of your eyes. It's sad. <clears throat> Number three, Bob. As I die, Kurt Cobain rolls over in his grave. What song do you want to be buried to? Motorcycle drive-by, third eye blood. come down on the name Hole for a band. Uh, I'm okay with it. I like it. it was, I feel like it was a match. Yeah. The artist. It fit. I think there might be a big hole between us with how we feel about Hole. Interesting. I can't get a uh, vibe from you. Like, what? How do, you, do, you, do you like this? Do you not like this? What's I like deal? this song a lot. I just find I'm a little bit... I've been torn about this um, era of whole i guess it was kind of their last real era yeah because it's so much different than the live through this era and famously like billy corgan was heavily involved with this album and when i listen to it now i wonder if like how much of this courtney love had anything to do with because it kind of feels especially for an album that was supposed to be mocking celebrity skin was the album like mocking celebrity culture and Courtney Love had really like sold out at this point of her life, I think. And this song sounds very synthetic. It's not a lot, like it's, a real artistic it's statement. It's so much cleaner than everything up until this point. I mean, the, the sheen of it is ridiculous. It's yeah. like so heavily produced. But it also has like a good hook and a nice chorus. I like this part. So I'm kind of torn on it. Okay. I can see. I can see you're really, you're really struggling with it. But I, I'm tr- struggling to even talk. I so know you are. Like, um, yeah, I like Hole. And I liked the early stuff, and I liked this album. And I think that this song, despite the fact, or maybe because the, it's so different from what came before it, I think she evolved a lot from you know being a heroin addict to less of a heroin addict to more of a heroin addict. Um, is that evolving, or is that I don't know? It's really evolving. Back and forth of, on addiction. It's really evolving. It's just different <laughs> forms of addiction. But I think that uh, I don't know. I think that this is probably where she was at this point in her life. Like, she was an actress at this point. Yeah, she was an actress. She was cleaner. She was showing up at the you know Oscars, and uh, she was great in Man on the Moon. Good actress. People versus Larry Flint. People versus Larry Flint. In. Yeah. It's so, kind of weird that she had a phase where she was like in Oscar bait. Yeah, and I think that that's why that song fits that era versus like the Kurt Cobain stuff earlier. So I could separate it. I could separate like what they were from that. And I like that. And, you know, we pick one song every week to go on our Spotify playlist. That's true. That's an early favorite for me. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to make, I don't want to make it come off. Like I don't like, so I really, I actually really like that song. It just, I don't know how authentic it is. Mm. I mean, (laughs) I prefer the real deal. Authentic. Oh my God. With my artists, which is why Bob, but I feel like I want to really get in touch with something that's raw and gritty. What do you do? 
and from the earth. What do you do? And from one's own heart. Dan, what do you do? Return to Everlast. any sense that this was as big as it was this everlast album was tremendous it was huge why this is a good song it's fine but i don't this doesn't sound like anything it's its own thing which is interesting but i don't get how it became so popular the whole thing was very strange because i kind of liked it at the time but I still, I was never like all in, but I wasn't. Nobody could figure it out. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew what was happening. I mean, here's the guy from House of Pain resurfaces five years later with this like blues hip hop, like folk rock song. I don't know what the hell this even was. And it was like a massive hit. It was inescapable. Like when I think Mm -hmm. of 1999, this is like on the short list, like of late 90s. Massive radio hits. What sinner? You called him a whore. My roommate, who owned every Shaquille O'Neal CD in college, bought this, and DMX bought this. Like this was, this fit. How many Shaq albums were there at that point? I think like three. There was Shaq Fu, Shaq Diesel, Shaq Diesel, Shaq Fu The Return. (laughs) I think. And he had all of them. Oh yeah, he had all of them. Did he buy them on a like a dare? No, no, he liked them. <laughs> and he also liked this. So I guess this crossed over to people that had Shaq CDs. It was a, I'm reading its Wikipedia entry. It was a top 10 hit on the adult top 40 chart. It crossed over. Wow, from hip hop to adult to top Easy 40. listening. It's crazy. That's amazing. And then he, he had more hits off this album, I think. Too. Yeah, he had a few. Then I don't know what he did. I don't know what happened to him. He disappeared. He just disappeared. What's his name? Everlast? Everlast. I'm just going to make sure he's still alive. He's like the white Lauren Hill. Just like put out a great album in 99 and then disappeared. Does that mean Does that mean that House of Pain is the same as the Fugees? Yep. It all checks out. Rock solid. I like it. <laughs> Rock solid. <laughs> uh, Everlast. Shout out to Everlast. Made a lot of money. <laughs> yes, he did. You know? Yeah, 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 he's, he did all right. And he's one of the artists that ended up doing a song with Santana, as you recall. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's how you know you were popular in 2000. <laughs> Do you have a song with Santana? That means you made it. Uh, which takes us, about that was number two, March 1st, 1999, which takes us to the number one song of an artist that I don't think anybody expected to last more than one album. And to their credit, neither did the band because they named this album 1459. Oh, wow. A not-so-subtle nod to their 15 minutes of fame that they believed was just about up. But it wasn't, Bob. It's a great DJ intro. It was. Mark fucking McGrath was just getting going, baby. (laughs) Step one on his tour to success. I mean, this was one of my mom's favorite songs. How could it not be? Your mom, I could see Deb rocking out to this Scott in 1999. Scott and Todd were fucking playing the shit out of this one. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four-post bed. I know it's not mine, but I'll see if I can use it for the weekend or a one-night stand. Couldn't understand. I mean... Come on, Sugar Ray, man. Give it up. <laughs> give it up. Wait, give it up like give it up for Sugar Ray or they have to give up? No, nah, give it up, man. <laughs> Everybody thought the, the Fly was just going to be their one hit. Yep. And then they roll out this banger and it was almost like a more exaggerated version of the Lenny Kravitz uh, conundrum. 
because everybody's like, wait, no, we don't, not Sugar Ray. And then it's like, wait a second, we can't deny this song. Right. It's got to be a huge, massive hit. I think the big difference between Lenny Kravitz and Sugar Ray is that Sugar Ray was in on the joke. Just by naming their album 1459 and every interview with Mark McGrath ever, he's acknowledged like, yeah, we weren't good. It just happened. Like, we just wrote these songs and people loved them. Like, he was aware. He, he never took it seriously. And I think that could also be evidenced by the fact that now he's a uh, Access Hollywood host or whatever, extra, whatever he's doing. Did he? Get, I think he got fired. Did he? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Number one, Bob. Number one. On the modern rock charts. Top this Canadian singles charts. Number three on the Hot 100. Number 10 on the UK singles charts. Number 98 on the Australian largest annual music poll, Bob. Crossed over. Crikey. And still in 2018, it's the number six song playing in a supermarket right now. <laughs> I love supermarket playlists. I know you do, but this is this is definitely on all of them. I'm going to play in a second, Bob. The part of the song that I unabashedly love. Okay. They actually tap yeah. into a great a feeling. So, all this being said, don't hate this. Don't hate this at all. It's pleasant. If you if this part doesn't move you on some level, you're dead. That's what I'm gonna say. Here we go. She always writes the Fuck you if you don't feel. <laughs> you were feeling that. I'm now. I'm sad we're not a video podcast because that was a beautiful little dance you did. So there you go, Sugar Ray. They did it again. They did it. And then I think they had another. They hit. had another like it sounded like this. A slower song, like when it's over. I liked when one. it's over too. Yeah. See. God damn it. They, they did it. Did they do it? They did it. Do we also like Sugar Ray? Uh, that feels like a stretch. Yeah, that's not a good thing. They're touring. They're going to be back in town with Smash Mouth. Well, didn't they? Didn't they? Weren't they the main competitor of? Oh yeah, you know we we went into Everclear. We, yeah, we went into uh, detail about the uh, Everclear v Sugar Ray feud of the mid aughts. That you know the world has never really recovered from it. Did you know, Bob, that in June two thousand five, Atlantic released an album called. The best of Sugar Ray. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? They've earned it. They have at least six hits, right? Yeah. Was Mean Machine on there? I liked that one. Mean Machine was on there. Yeah, that was a good song. Track seven, Bob. Nice. Plus a cover of Is She Really Going Out With Him? Okay. And track 14, Psychedelic B, written by Howard Stern. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right, so they don't take themselves seriously. So there you go. There you go. <clears throat> there you go, Bob. March 1999. That was right about the time of your incident on St. Patrick's Day. I wish we had time to tell that story. Oh, my God. Down, I... the, down the line, we will. Yeah, that was. Shit. We might have told that story, but who knows if it's in the vault. I don't know. It could be in the vault. Man, I'm glad we didn't have to relive that. Uh, please, please, please. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Let me do this part. You're dying. Okay, take it away. All right. I don't know. Where where were you? What were you saying? (laughs) You right now look like, remember when Bobcat Goldthwait lost all the weight? Uh Uh-huh. Then a little of it came back, but then he was also getting old. All right. So it was just like, oh, Bobcat looks good, but not great. That's kind of your look right now. Like late period Bobcat Goldthwait. I see that. I'm not going to argue that one bit coming from Artie Lang. It, uh, it, it hurts, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, in other words, this is a podcast for the ladies, <laughs> but that sexy voice of yours. It is. Hold on. Before we tell people what to do, what song is going on our Spotify playlist? Malibu. Let's do Malibu. Wait, let me look at this again. I don't want the Goo Goo Dolls on there, even though I like that song. You're a dick. I See, don't want you, you fall into that category. I kind of do. I can't. I kind of do. Well, we might do a boy named Goo someday. So, you know, just in case, like, name gets on there. Name would never get on, Bob. You know that. We don't do that. Why not? It would be too on the nose. But a name's a good song. Slides better. All right. Anything else you want to fight for? Uh, every morning. No. 
I would have pounded the table for slide, but if you want to be a snob about it, that's fine. Mel yeah, Mel I'd rather have hole on there. I want to be a snob about it. All right. Okay. All right. Go fuck yourself. Whoa, me? Yeah. Jeez. That's all I'm in my contribution to the show. All right. Headgum, thanks for everything. All right. Uh, thank you. You can't kill us. You only made us stronger. <laughs> all right. Well, Dan's dying while he said that. Um, all right. So, guys, now more than ever, it's important. Five stars on iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. Pass, yeah. pass it along. Or don't do any of these things. Fuck it. No, I know. Five stars, yes. Five stars, yes. But so- I wouldn't put yourself out there telling your friends about us. Really? Because what if they don't like the show and then you come off poorly? Time is money and you're putting those people in a tough spot. How about this? Take your friend's phone, subscribe on their phone. There don't, you go. Don't tell them. There you go. All right. Now we're on to something. Follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod, Instagram at ThrowbackPod. You can uh, email us, electronic mail us at thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. Nice pod. And uh, follow Dan at Dan Hansis. He writes for the NFL. <laughs> now you have to close, Bob. Now you got to take it home. This and, is the tough part. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be back next week because we both have a lot of stuff going on right now. But if we're not back next week, we'll be back the week after. We promise we're not going anywhere. Until the next time. You couldn't kill us, headgum. For Dan Hansis, I'm Bob Castrone, the Throwback Podcast. Well done, Bob. <laughs>